Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Cheers. <laughs> that was a quick one. And founder of True Hoop, Henry Abbott. How are you, sir? Hey, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> we are here for a Thanksgiving potpourri episode. You know, potpourri is kind of a funny thing. You ever think about that? Like, it's just this no, weird no. basket of like stuff. <laughs> don't want it. You don't. You don't like it. Don't, don't want like that. It. Don't want that perfume smell no. in your. No, no. Now, if I arrive at like someone's house and there's a bunch of potpourri smell, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> You're like, leave, like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm not gonna hang, but like, it's you know, it could be better. Yeah. Yeah, not that into it. Yeah. All right, guys. We have Thanksgiving uh, this week, and we hope that everybody uh, who was able to celebrate is gonna have some. Fun with their friends, families, loved ones, uh, if they can. Guys, what are we doing for the Thanksgiving holiday? Let's start with you, Henry. No book writing on Thanksgiving. So I bragged yesterday in our editorial call about how our family has like Thanksgiving just down to a T and it's so great. There's a giant house full of people and everyone just comes and goes and there's kids and people taking naps and people being loud and whatever. And um, so in a way, I feel like it's my favorite. Ho- oh, we usually run the 5K and mm-hmm. then we go to this, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect for me. Um, as I was just explaining to you, though, I had, I think I just got mono. I haven't eaten in a day. Like, oh, no. and then on top of that, I put a uh, compound W <laughs> wart remover acid in my eye by accident. Um, well, if, so, it was, if it was intentional, you'd be in a different place right now. <laughs> if it was it would, intentional. It would be super stupid. It was, in fact, super stupid anyway. But um, I think there's a good chance that I'm going to spend Thanksgiving like, with my whole family going <laughs> to the funnest house in the world while I'm catching up on, like, I'm almost done with the David Beckham Netflix documentary Ooh. series, which I never thought I would watch. I don't know how, you know, you know, when you're sick, your brain yeah. gets a little different, a little yeah. weird. And I'm like, suddenly I need David Beckham right now. So I have a lot to be thankful for, Gerard. That's the main point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get a chance to catch up on shows. Listen, nothing better than when you're sick and just binging every possible TV show that you want to watch. That's I think it might be what's happening for me. Yeah. Uh, well, and then uh, hopefully the family will bring you back a Thanksgiving plate. I hope. Right now, I'm not hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Maybe tomorrow is a whole new day. Maybe I'll feel all better. Maybe I'll just go. Maybe it'll be great. All right, but well, I think I'm potentially a little contagious. I don't want to get like a delicate older person sick, you know. And Henry, we know th- what a kind person you are. Not everyone thinks that way, you know. Well, this is the other thing. Okay, mono. My high school understanding mono was basically it's the kissing disease, right? You yes, get it from correct. kissing people. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it spreads more ways than that <laughs> because everybody fucking gets it in my world. Like, like we've had it. Like, and not just people who are dating. <laughs> right? no, it's not. It's not to be trifled with. It's not to be trifled. Yeah. Correct. Although I don't Correct. recommend compound W for it in any way. <laughs> in your eyes? De- just saying, definitely not just in your eyes. I'm just a dumb ball coach, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one. Sounds to me like you might be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Uh, David? Hey, kids, don't put acid in your eye, all right? Yeah, this yeah. is like a little tip for the holidays. Yeah. A little tip. You know that the, the, the emergency room at like animal hospitals and like hospitals, like the day after holidays or like holiday nights are like their busiest time? Surprise, sure. surprise. Yeah. Because, you know. All kinds of crazy things happen right. on holidays. People be stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird yeah. stuff. David, what's going on on uh, Thanksgiving Day? It's, you know, we've had some festive holidays with uh, all of our parents alive and, and 25, 30 people here. It won't be that, you know, missing two dads. And um, my son is away with his team. He won't be able to come. But I'll have one nephew, one daughter. I think the nephew's bringing a friend. Uh, both our moms will be here. 
mostly, um, I think one of my sister-in-laws can't come. So it's just my wife and one of her sisters who lives here. And we, I stay the fuck away. I mostly will be outside. I think it's going to be maybe high 60s, low 70s, which is incredible. Not always the case in Thanksgiving. And, and now they've roped in, conscripted is the better word, my daughter. She is going to be in the kitchen with them. And uh, I'll, I just, basically, my turkey day is full of no's. No turkey, no football, no TV. Uh, I'm going to hang out, I think, with my mother-in-law some and my mom, who you know can't stand long. They're both in their 80s. And just, just be thankful for a day of not having to watch basketball. I love watching basketball. I was up at 6 this morning doing it. I was watching it at 12.45 in the morning. So I got a five-hour and 15-minute break. <laughs> and I'll do it all day today. College games, pro games. Um, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. No. I really, I'm not going to open my laptop up one time. And uh, I'm going to do as many, what else can I do, honey, questions as I can possibly ask. Because mm-hmm. I'm a fortunate man. And um, if I can steal a few extra minutes with my daughter just hanging out, because I haven't seen her much, she's been home, I'll do that too. Yeah. That How about you, Gerard? I know I you're cooking sure, up a feast. Make sure you're serving lots of drinks too, David. That's- that, I got to pace myself. I'm an old man now. I can't do it early. And um, I think my daughter is in charge of St. Grace. I said, Rachel. First of all, this is my home. You are a guest. You don't live here anymore. I thought we I thought we got that straight when you went to college. You now come back to visit. This is not your home. Secondly, like, stop torpe- boxing me out, Dad. Right. Like, just- right. <laughs> yeah. This is it's called Torpedo's Bar for a reason. And I used to really take some time to do sangria, but when she said she wanted to do it, I could not have been happier. I won't <laughs> probably be drinking it, but because um, it'll be for kids. I'm not there's any kids here. <laughs> it'll be for kids. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be the 22 year old version of what Sangria should be. And I, I didn't offer any ideas, and she didn't ask for any. I, I'm probably I have a really good añejo. Do you guys remember the movie The Three Amigos? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a tequila called Three Amigos, and their añejo is fucking delicious. Mm. And so I normally save it for special occasions, not that it's so fancy, but I do love Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Chevy Chase. So <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick with that, but I got to wait till like dinner time. I can't do it. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I hear you. Water until well, then and tea. Well, yes. As you mentioned, David, I will be cooking up mm-hmm. a storm. Uh, Karen and I will be, I picked up the turkey today at our, wow. at, our at the local. How big of a turkey? Um, so it's just a couple of us are going to eat me because we are a plant, a plant-based house mainly. Yeah. So it is just a turkey breast and it is 10 pounds. So it's wait, like, you know, that's a what? baby turkey. Yeah, but it's good. No, a turkey breast? A turkey it's breast, yeah, not, not a whole oh, turkey, just, got it. just okay. the breast. Oh, the breast of a gigantic enormous turkey, turkey breast. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have turkeys oh, yeah. in my neighborhood. A family lit nearby started keeping them and then realized they can't. No, I'm sorry. We have one turkey and then peacocks. And I'm waiting for them to get in a fight and they all kill each other. But yeah, we have a turkey wanders around once in a while. It's just a female. It's so weird. It's not, there's no way this thing's 10 pounds, by the way. So you, you know got so a funny? gigantic I, I got a gigantic yeah. one. You know what's so funny about this, Henry? Obviously, everyone who listens to the podcast knows that David lives in Florida. If you just dropped into this right now and David said turkeys and peacock, 99% of people would say, I bet he lives in Florida. Because yeah. no other state in the world, the story like mean, that happens. The turkey <laughs> thing is not usual, but there are peacocks are no gem, by the way. They're a pest bird. They're beautiful, yeah, but they're a pest. Yeah, but they eat snakes, so that's so Do they really? Realize. Oh, yeah. I like that all of a sudden. <laughs> I, like, I don't like peacocks. I fucking hate snakes. If you told me they eat snakes and spiders, I'd buy one. Yeah. <laughs> like the enemy of my enemy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so you're making turkey. What else are you making? Turkey. Yeah. Well, give us the risotto. whole. Give us the, take, take your time. Oh, with you're the doing whole, fancy. Oh, listen, man. Oh, yeah. I want got, the whole cordon bleu rundown. <laughs> uh, butternut squash soup. 
mm-hmm. we are doing a cheese board with our blanc de blanc course, right? So that's first. Then the butternut squash soup with uh, with a white wine. Then the risotto and turkey and vegetables. The vegetables will be broccoli, parsnip. Ah, uh, what else did we buy? Some other vegetable, possibly zucchini. Um, and then we will, of course, have and that's we got different two wines for that. We have a white chocolina, uh, which is delicious. Uh, red, a lovely Pinot Noir from uh, the Willamette Valley. Henry, you know something about that? That's my that's spot. Your, that's that's your neck of the woods, get, Henry. That's, that's where we like to get our Pinot from. Yeah, it's also Willamette where Valley. you got me from. Also, where you got. <laughs> by way of england but yes um yeah. and then uh pumpkin awesome. pie and ice cream yeah yeah so we're we're doing it up man no nope. i don't did i did you say stuffing no we're not gonna we're not skip the stuffing yeah it's okay i i, I like choice. stuffing but it's just you know what like you have oh, enough. I, I forgot buttermilk biscuits jesus oh that's wow. a good step yeah that's key. yeah yeah do you are you gonna be wearing an apron oh yes yeah good good mm-hmm. good i did not hear anything about anejo <laughs> well, listen. So <laughs> after the wine, I'm sure of that. <laughs> we got we have single malt scotches, which is a favorite of yeah, mine, as you know. Uh, we got some bourbon as well, you know. So we'll see. Wait, see the you, night takes us. Is it expensive scotch or just solid scotch? Uh, I have both solid and expensive. If you have, if you want to make a drink with solid scotch, I, have I, I told you about the Godfather? Yeah, oh yeah, you told me about that for sure. You yeah. need to be drinking. That's it's the, it's my drink. Yeah, it means something to me personally because of my dad. But yeah, drink the Godfather with not great scotch or Japanese whiskey. It's really good with it too. I mean, like when you think about like all that food and drinking, that's a lot of shit to consume. Yeah. I'm not saying tomorrow. I'm not saying tomorrow. <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good. What time are you guys having your dinners? We'll start people coming over uh, for cheese course at four o'clock. So how about you, Henry? I'd probably have a piece of toast at like noon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Rub it in, Henry. Maybe Mine's like a banana. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. See how yeah, so toast I'll, goes. I'll eat pancakes for breakfast probably tomorrow morning, and then I won't eat anything till yeah. 4 o'clock. Yeah, I hear you. Got to save room, man. So it is time, folks. We do a little Ask Coach Thorpe. It's uh, one of our favorite things. So thank you guys for sending in questions. Remember, if you want to do Ask Coach Thorpe questions, send the questions into. True hoop at truehoop.com. That make, is them, make, them, make them appropriate, by the way. <laughs> no inappropriate questions. Send them to true hoop at truehoop.com. That is T R U E H O O P at truehoop.com. All right. Our first question, David. There was recently an article in The Athletic about the OG effect, uh, and not OG Anobi, like OGs um, oh. that we all know from the Heat and Udonis Haslam. The article also mentioned DeAndre Jordan with the Nuggets. Which teams or what teams have someone in that capacity and what teams need this more and who could fill this role? Oh, boy. So I make a point of not looking at the questions because <laughs> uh, uh, that's not an easy question to answer off the top of my head, although I do have one because I saw him last night. Really, one, one of <laughs> – I'll tell you a funny story about him. So I was talking to a player last year, uh, and I had never met him before, but he played for the Pelicans, and he came over to me. I've never met this man. His name is Garrett Temple. And he gave me the warmest hug. And I'm like, Garrett, have I met you before? He said, no, but you're the godfather. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, he pointed to Ryan Pannone. He's like, this is my dad. You're the godfather. He said, I've loved this assistant coach so much. So we sat down and chatted. This was before they played, I think, Denver. And um, I said, you know, we were talking about my, how I got my star when he asked about Udonis. And, and I said, you know, I think he's the highest paid assistant coach in the league because he doesn't play. He's like, coach, I'm the highest paid assistant coach in the league. <laughs> And so I talked to him yesterday about it. And then I spoke to some Raptors players. He plays for the Raptors. They played Orlando last night. I went to the game. 
and just, you know, nothing but the most positive things you could hear. Uh, James Jones, I think, is out of the league right now. He yes. served that purpose for the Pacers, and I have been told by people in, connected in Indiana that they miss him. Now, they're scoring uh, a lot of points, not playing James, defense. James Johnson, yes? Not James, James Johnson, Johnson, sorry. Yeah. Okay. James Jones runs the Suns. Yeah, yeah, James Johnson. So um, I was surprised when I heard that last year, what an influence he was and how much they miss him this year. Uh, I, I think every team could use – it's not so much teaching them the game, although if they can, great. It's more of uh, professionalism at the very top from guys that have been around a long time and have lots of stories to tell. Uh, most of these players love the history of the game. My experience is that they love the history of the game, even if they don't know it great. I was just talking to someone the other day, a, a young player, a 21-year-old, and he knew three or four players that had been out of the league five, six, seven years, but they played NBA 2K, and, and they love the game. And so Garrett Temple and Udonis and JaVale and whatever, man, they played with some great players that had some great stories. And as long as it's getting them towards professionalism, which means showing up early, staying late, taking care of the shit you're supposed to take care of, it really is a drag when you don't do that. You can be late once. Don't If you're late more than once, it's a pain in the ass. That's what high school is for. And a little bit in college, unfortunately. At that, at that level, Henry has written extensively about LeBron, and we, and we talked about it. It, it does detract from everything when you're dealing – I mean, just like we would in this business. Imagine if, like, today I was a little late. Imagine if I was always late to come out of pod. It would it – would, it just sucks. It's just disrespectful. And so I think those guys can help set that tone because, as I told you guys, co- coaches don't like doing that anymore. There's Ime Adoka is good. I think there's probably five or six we could all probably name that are good at holding guys accountable. They mostly want the players to police that, and I think that's what these OGs are good for. Henry, I was saying is- to Drod before the recording, I was like, you know, like if you look at Eric Spolstra, I mean, obviously he's a great coach, but like, like he's a little, he dresses a little weird. He's kind of this, like he's Portland. a little, like, like you don't want to listen to him, but it's a lot better to listen to him if Udonis is yeah. standing behind him, you know, yeah. like. It's a great point. Like, yeah, like it's. And, and and I think to your other point on that, just the listening thing, you're already listening to the coach about matchups and adjustments and yeah. strategies. Do I have to talk to you about being on time in the bus? In the fucking bus. Yeah. And all the other <laughs> shit, you know, and just, you know, not 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 showing up drunk to stuff and um, not bring, when family is supposed to be team only, you bring in family. And that happens, by the way, not infrequently. We all know the Kareem story mm-hmm. about his dad. Mm-hmm. That was a rare exception. That isn't so rare in the NBA where players kind of skirt the issue. The OGs can come in and help that. Like, hey, we all wish we could bring X, Y, Z. And we don't. you got to respect, respect that. No. I think that's good. It's uh, it's a good article. You guys should read that. John Hollinger wrote it. Um, it's in the Athletic. Um, and Garrett Temple is wonderful. Uh, he played for the Nets, so I got to know him really well. I met his dad, uh, Kyle Temple. Really, you guys know, very famous. Player. Was the first uh, black player to play at SEC. Louisiana State University. Yeah, yeah. He debated David Duke. Yes, that David really? Duke, KKK. Yes, on the. Oh my God, Kyle is he's an impressive, impressive this? man. Um, this was in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, yeah, early seventies. Man, yeah. I wonder if that's on video. I don't know, but Collis is an impressive, wow. impressive man. Hey, look, um, his son. Yeah, amazing. And so, you know, yeah. I feel like you can't help but be yeah. <laughs> the right it, son. It, that's it, your dad. His son could be commissioner. He never will be commissioner of the league, but if Garrett wanted to, he would help the league a lot. Like, he's yeah. that kind of person, yeah. He is. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. President of the United Our, States would be great, too, by the way. <laughs> we, we'll take it. Smart dude. Um, on Monday, David, on Monday's show, David, we talked about, um, Kate Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Moby a little bit. Uh, those were all players in the 2021 draft class. Yeah. Right now, and that's why you don't look at the questions, who are 
the top five players in that draft class. <laughs> well, it's I can think of four off the top of my head pretty quickly. The fifth, I think, is more of a challenge, although most people would say Franz Wagner is in the top five. Mm. He's been really bad this year. He has. But Shangun is on the list. Scotty and Evan Mobley lead the list. So there's four right off the top. Franz probably is fifth. Um, and what order? Barnes has not been playing as well the last 10 days, but has been spectacular over the course of the season. The trend is a little coming down. We have a long season to go. Uh, Cleveland is is playing well, and Mobley is a big part of that, obviously. They're the top two. Um, I would put Shangun right there with them. He's been just fantastic. And I really love Suggs defensively. I, remember, you can't just look at offense. It's unfair to do that. He's become an elite. He was on his track last year to be an elite defender. He's doing that. I have to witness it in person, the energy that he brings the and the aggressiveness. That team is a nightmare to play against because of their turnover forcing and steals. And he's a huge part of that. And Franz Wagner's on the same team. So that's that's probably my my top five right there. Maybe I'm missing someone, but no, I like Herb it. Jones in that draft. Second round pick, yeah, he's on the top yeah. five. Love him, love him. Not but, w- but would you put him in your top five of, of that of that class? Like no, no, top five he, players right now. No, no, I would put those other five ahead of him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Fra- Franz Wagner is also an elite defender. He's just not – I mean, he could be right there with Shangun, Scotty, and Evan if he could shoot or finish at the rim. He missed a bunch of shots yesterday at the rim. It's been an issue plaguing him. We have an article coming out about risers. Henry had an idea about these ascending teams. It's coming out maybe today or Friday. And, and Orlando's one of these teams. And Franz's inability to finish is, is a big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it's early. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he's a talented player. Really defends – and I re- really works hard. And I spoke to people around the Magic facility who said he's just all about competing and getting better. Uh, people that I think would tell me the truth that that wasn't the case, I just wouldn't say it on the air. But um, if they told me in confidence, but no, they're very excited about his prospects too. So let's stay in Orlando. Uh, this next question comes from Daryl. If you were Jalen Suggs' shooting coach, what would you do to improve his three-point shooting? Would it be a few tweaks, or do you think his shot is fine and just needs refining? If you're just listening and not watching a video, David just made like a oof kind of face. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm one of those guys that um, I, I don't take this lightly. There are, there's someone working with him every day on his shot. And for me to act like I can just solve anything, I, I ain't Jesus, right? Um. I would really have to study a lot of it. There, there are some basic things that shooting has to happen. You, you, you need to have balance. Um, yeah, uh, you have a consistent follow-through, a consistent timing. Amazingly enough, guys sometimes release the ball. If you started a stopwatch, the millisecond they began their shot and then stopped it, when the, when the, when the ball finally left the final fingertip, right, it would be a different time. By, you know, a couple, and that's a problem, one millisecond, two milliseconds. So I have to study all of that. But that does become a good foundational thing. Where's your balance? Where's your consistent shot mechanics? Um, are you better going left, going right, mostly catch and shoot? Are you a two-foot guy? Are you left foot, right foot? He's a right-handed shooter, so left foot, right foot shot, one-two shot. I would look at all those things. And really, part of this is shot selection, but also not just shot selection in terms of where are you on the court and are you doing it off the dribble, but also uh, are you sometimes going off your right foot when you don't have to? In other words, Left, right shot, great. Right, left shot of our right-hand shooter is not as good. Most, almost no shooters are better off going right foot first when they're right-handed. But some guys do it. If you think of, remember John Salmons? Mm-hmm. Played on Miami, Sacramento, a bunch of teams. Maybe, maybe Philly, initially. He played in Philly. Philly, sure. yeah. So yeah. Um, he was really good. A little right-hand hezzy. 
And then he'd step right like he's going to drive and then shoot right foot first. It was very awkward, but he was good at it. Uh, so some guys are doing that when they don't have to do it, and they're not as good doing it. So you got to clean all that stuff up. And, uh, and then the last thing is the reps of it. Before I know what to change, I have to study it. Uh, this is something I, I just was talking to a coach from a, a team yesterday about, an assistant coach from a team yesterday about. Um, they do so much spot shooting, guys. And so often, I only look at the first shot. Mm. When you're doing this, you know, five, you got to make five from a spot. I only look at the first one. Uh, because if it, if it misses, I don't count the others. Because in a game, you don't get the others. You just get the one. So when you're working on this, if you make the first one, you can keep going because then you're, gro- you're trying to groove rhythm and form. If you miss it, I, as I told the assistant coach yesterday, they missed that first shot on the spot. Make them go do something else first, then bring them back. If they got to make five, they got to start with a make first. Every single time you got to start with a make. And so, and you got to get game speed. I watched, uh, I watched, I'll just tell you, I watched Paolo yesterday, Ben Carroll, working on his handle. Super slow and syrupy. Not at all game realistic with very few exceptions. Uh, guys that work on shooting sometimes do that too, but in a game it's so fast. And I think you got to clean that up too and get them to get shoot with the same pace each day, almost all the time, the way they might do in a game. So I would start with those things without really knowing a shot all that well. Well, that's good stuff. Uh, Henry, you'll like this one. Shaden Sharp is being used heavily as the team needs scoring, but is not very efficient and is asked to do a lot. Uh, this is from Cameron. He says, I know Coach Thorpe didn't like him not playing at Kentucky. Well, he's playing now. What are your thoughts about this? And there's such a thing as too many minutes for a young player. A little side note, Coach Phillips was like, uh, oh, yeah, his defense has definitely gone to hell with all those minutes he's playing. <laughs> That's what Charles said. Charge of that. What a great question. And that's not a direct quote, but it was. Oh, okay. It was, it was, like he was that. definitely like his defense is suffering from playing such long minutes. It's really a great question. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, when you play that many minutes, I mean, Chauncey's not wrong in the sense that um, I, think, I think they just get distracted with so many different things. You, you, the, the highway is speeding. And I do like narrowing their focus some and finding some foundation of success. I think he's having a little success offensively. I'm not sure where. Is he shooting okay? I don't watch the irrelevant team, so I will at some point. I will. I mean, I, yeah, no, Henry, you know, you don't want to be relevant yet. It's not offensive. You don't want Henry's to be relevant. So, Henry's so mad. He's like, oh, man, you're not, not watching my team. He's not mad. He's, not, he's watching reluctantly. But no, they, they, yeah. they're allowed to develop their players. Yeah, he's um, shooting 39% from the field and 31% from three. He so did not shoot well last not night. Not doing successful any, anywhere. I, I'm a big believer in finding foundational success, which is why this is going to sound boring and dry and stupid. But so often with young players, the very first thing, I, especially with guys with size, and he's a three or a guard, but um, I work with them on setting better screens. As stupid as that sounds, take pride in setting great screens. Hold your screens. Don't get illegal screens. And then once you're good at that, how to maneuver, whether it's short roll, whether it's roll to the rim, if you're a big, whether it's pop, right? Once you're good at that, you can ghost better, which is a fake screen. But if you're not a very good screen to begin with, your ghosting won't be as good because they know it's coming to begin with. Uh, It's just almost like a fake screen. It's not effective. Uh, I'm a big believer in getting guys a foundational spot. Okay, I'm good at this. And then things kind of start slowing down. And you can get to the next thing and the next thing. Um, but if I'm Shaden Sharp, if I'm developing him, I'm definitely I'm focused on defense first, personally. Because I think offense is not going to be hard for him. He's so talented. Defense and then transition. Early post-ups. He's, so, he's a big dude. 
for a wing guard. He's got some real size to him, some physicalness to him. Race and get a layup or dunk, great. If not, but the guy back is a guard. Seal him under the rim and then get out of the way because you're not any good after that really anyway. Um, but really lock in defensively. Uh, on the ball, off the ball is a, is a process, but um, that's why it's hard to do with a bunch of young guys because all of them, you know, you, you got to pick a little core for each one to focus on. <laughs> There's a lot of puzzles to put in place and not enough guys to do it. That's why they're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah. Well, there's this um, – okay, he's been leading the league in minutes played much of this season. That's amazing to me. And to me, I'm like, there's no way that this level of minutes is going to, like, help his development. Right. He's, gonna, like, he's not going to, like, have these epiphanies and breakthroughs about playing with more intensity while he's this guy. That's a great point. Like, but to me, there might be a thing. I'm interested in your views on this. Like – Maybe letting him feel that for a month is a teaching point in and of itself, right? Mm. Like maybe I feel like usually like neurodevelopment happens, right? With like a exposure to stress and then a retreat and you kind of like put together your, your, your next attempt, right? Like, do you think maybe there's some value in just like, oh, you think this is easy? Like he had kind of a glorious run at the end of last season. Like, oh, you think it's easy? Like here, just like feel all of this, right? Mm -hmm. And now... Let's talk about how we're going to tackle these problems. Like, does that have any value? I, I, I think it's a fantastic point. I just was watching Scotty Barnes yesterday before the game, and he had joy in practice. The game wasn't so good. Uh, but he's not doing as well as he was the first few weeks because teams have changed their scouting now. He's, mm -hmm. he's one of the two main focal points with Pascal. And um, it ain't easy anymore. <laughs> it just isn't. And he had like three weeks of woo! And I like, was like, wait a second. This is what the best players have to do every night? Yeah, it's fucking hard. And so I uh, remember, guys, we talked about Durant's rookie season in Seattle, how he just he couldn't stop shooting everything. And it made no sense to me. And then I thought, well, you know what? If I owned a candy store and I had a kid the first week, I let the kid do whatever he wanted and they would never touch the chocolate again because they feel so sick. I almost felt like that's what Seattle was doing with KD. I don't really think that's the case, but it seemed like it was. And so, yeah, there is a, there's a real message there. Like, like, Shaden, you you are terrible right now. Remember, I'm the embrace the suckiness guy. I'm the embrace the suckiness guy. Max, you want to learn to hit? This is how it happened. You have to first admit you suck at hitting. He's like, yeah, I suck at it. I'm like, okay. that Now we're good. Because yeah. if you think you just need a little tweak, we're never going to make it. No, you got to redo everything. We have to totally commit, blah, blah, blah. It became a huge strength for him. And so, Machine, you got to sit him down with – I would sit him down with some advanced metrics. And I would pick out individual players who look like him. Paul George is a taller version. How tall is Shane? Like 6'6"? Six, six? Maybe 6'7". Six, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I mean, Paul George is like 6'10". He might be 7'2". He, he, he keeps growing. Um, <laughs> but there, that ranginess and athleticism, I'd pick a few guys and show them. And I would show them the metrics. And then I would show him the actual clips of, here's what you did. Here's the silly thing you did or the absent-minded thing or the casual thing. All uh, things young players do all the time. And now let's, I would Jimmy Butler be a great guy. Jimmy Butler is all about motor and intelligence and picking his spots and blah, 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 and discipline, impulse control. And, and then if he's not willing to pick that part up, that's an issue. If he is, then we're good. Yeah. No, oh, I love that. Um, this question, speaking of young players and learning how to play, comes from Ryan in San Antonio. And we talked a little bit about this on Monday, David. He asked what the current state of the point guard position is in the NBA. And he's asking because he watches a lot of Spurs games and mm. he's intrigued, but also baffled by the season-long Jeremy Sohan exp uh, experiment at point guard. 
Uh, Jeremy Salentin has got lots of energy and skill set, but he doesn't see him as a point guard. Um, so how has the position changed and how does not having a traditional point guard hurt the development of young players like Wemby, Devin Vassell and Kelton Johnson? Well, there's a lot of things to a point guard. You have the organizing principles that a, a really good, I call lead guard can bring, uh, that isn't just looking for himself to score. And I think Jeremy doesn't have any of that, but he doesn't have the impulse to score either, which is good. He doesn't know how to quarterback. He, he doesn't have the handle for it. Um, he probably is learning the system pretty well. Um, but the, the he, a, example might be, you've heard this many times before, um, watching Dennis Schroeder play is not a fun thing to watch if you're more of a basketball purist. He's a super talented player, for sure. I've always said that about him and written that. But in his mind, I think if someone's got a couple of matchup advantages and score in, in, in an NBA game, not re- preseason, I think he's thinking, okay, he said his touches. Now it's my turn, or I'm going to get to someone else. I think that's a huge mistake. That doesn't mean you should never do that. But it should. it's not a good strategy. Uh, uh, because the guy that's cooking his opponent is not going to have that many more matchups against that opponent before some natural change, subbing, fouls, whatever. This is a, you know, Toronto's trying to win. And when you just waste possessions, which that's what I call it, by not throwing it to where you think you have a great matchup, just so you can distribute the food elsewhere, I think that's that's a bad strategy. But that's how basketball used to be played. Um, Jen, Dennis Schroeder, uh, it does that. Jeremy so- Jochan doesn't have any idea how to think that way. He's never been in a position to do that. Uh, watch Tyrese Halliburton or Andrew Nemar, another lead guard, play with Buddy Hill. He, that Buddy Hill probably sh- he should probably get them both cars every year. Well, in Tyrese's case, especially. Uh, like a Lamborghini, because he, I mean, you can look up too. I guarantee you their numbers are really good together. Because Tyrese, he's always looking to shoot and score, but a buddy's out there too. A buddy started yesterday. He scored 157 points. I think Buddy had 20-something. Tyrese had probably, I mean, look, 40-something maybe, 37. He's always looking for him. I just don't think Jeremy has that game. The other part of it is you've got uh, connecting passes, which is good to have for a lead guard. You've got high-level assists, which I don't think Jeremy has got any skill for. He does the first one. Not everybody does, but he does. He is a connector. He's willing to move the ball. But you also want to create easy shots for your teammate. Well, how do you do that? One, you run good actions, and I can deliver the pass. My teammates need to set good screens. My teammate looking to get the ball has got to use those screens well. Another way is let me just cook my guy with the dribble and dish it for the dunk, right? Uh, drive, draw help. He's not do, he doesn't play downhill like that. Tony Parker did. Now, he could really score, too. Uh, Ginobili was kind of both. He could attack. He could connect. I, I don't know what the Spurs are doing. I, I, I will tell you this. I don't think I've ever said this on the record. My, I'm concerned. Mm. They're experimenting. I said this to Henry maybe yesterday. Uh, uh, Cleveland did this with LeBron as a rookie and I, I, in summer league. And I asked Paul Salas. I was there. I was not in media. What are you doing? We were sitting watching a game. What are you doing? Uh, he's a monster offensive rebounding talent at six foot nine or so as a guard. But at point guard, you got to get it back on defense. Well, he gave me some stupid answer, I thought. It, it, it didn't last long before he wasn't a point guard anymore. Um, I do think it helped Giannis play some point. I do. I think it helped his ball handling. He couldn't really dribble. I think it forced him to be a better dribbler, and that really enabled him later on to be a high-level scorer. But I just don't know if that's what – their purpose is. So the other reason why would be, well, he can't really play the position we trapped him for at four. And he's not really 
quick enough to guard many threes. Maybe he will be. Can't really shoot. That's improved this year. Not really a scorer. Let's try him at point guard. I, I feel like it's almost a desperation move because I don't know I don't know why they're trying to lose. But I don't think it's good for Wemby at all. That's the answer to the question. I don't think it's good. It's not as bad for Devin Vassell. Um, but I think Wemby needs some easy buckets. He doesn't get many. Devin can use screens and shoot now. He's a high-level player. Wemby's not that guy. He's a teenager. Yeah. So I, I don't love it for San Antonio. I think you'll see a pivot. I heard someone tell me, connector of the Spurs, that 15 games in, we'll, we'll change it if we need to. So we're, we're right about there. So the after Thanksgiving holiday weekend, you may see a change in, in, in for that, with, that, with that in mind, that it's been 15 games and let's try him at some other position. They could. I mean, if they really want to win now, they could easily get a point guard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, they have Trey Jones. He's not terrible. He's, and and yeah. I know Wemby's numbers are way better with Trey Jones, but they could get another one if they need. Right. Right? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, it's like there's a G League right. point guard or a whatever. There's they somebody can find one to trade. There's plenty. Yeah. TJ McConnell is available. Like there are things they could do, um, and wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah. All right. This last question comes from Nick. Uh, he's been thinking about the in season tournament and how to shorten the games for player health and fan interest. He's wondering what you think about the Elam ending or. His preferred variant, the first to 100. It will be a nice way to differentiate the tournament and it's the simplicity of playing to 100, which calls back to how pickup games are played, right? First to 10, whatever. So what do you think about that for the in-season tournament? I don't love the Elam ending. Um, I do love shortening the game to 40 minutes. <laughs> I love the idea. They'll never do it, but I do love the idea of a 40-minute game like college. Um, uh, just they'll be intense. The games, you know, less opportunity to blow a team out potentially. Also, less a chance to come back. I know that. Um, I don't love changing the endings, but what do I know? I, I'm a little more traditionalist, probably. You guys probably like the Elam ending. I, I don't particularly care for it. Oh uh, no, I'm, I don't. I don't necessarily want the Elam ending. I think I, I wouldn't mind shortening the game um, yeah. to 40 minutes for, yeah. for the tournament. That's cool. Um, I think. Look, we talked about this with the in-season tournament, right? This is year one. They're going to make tweaks to it and probably change it. And it's going to look different as the years go on. But look, so far, I think it's been successful. Teams are playing harder. You can see last night in the Phoenix-Portland game, Henry, when it ended because uh, Vogel kept the starters in to get the point differential up. Chauncey Billups is like, why are you guys still shooting the ball? And you can see Devin and Kevin being like, we got to score more points with a point differential, man. Like, And Chauncey's like, all right, I'm going to remember that. It's like, well, Chauncey, your team's out. So you're, you're 0-4 or whatever, so it doesn't matter to you. But – I think it's good. You're seeing a competitive side. I, I, one last thing. I want, to hit, I want to hear Henry's thoughts on this because he has a bigger view than I do of, of, of how this impacts fans and everything. Um, it'd be cool to have FIBA rules. Even after you got through the, the, well, the uh, first round play, that way all of our players get even more experience with FIBA, which I think isn't a hurtful thing for Team USA. Not that I am so patriotic that I care about that so much, but I think it will be smart to do. 40-minute game, offensive goaltending. You want to see a different game? It's going to be yeah, wild. It's a you very know, You know, I game. ultimately want that, David, because I want this to turn into Champions League, basically, where you have other teams come in. So that would be yeah. lovely. But go ahead, Henry. Yeah, and well, the FIBA rules, I think, have like not as many opportunities to stop playing crunch time, right? It's mostly just rules. Correct. Which is Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's so good for TV. Right. right? Like, uh, or, or so good for the viewers. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not so good for the ads, right? But to me, I'm like... <laughs> Like, I, you know, there's a balance there to make it appeal to fans more. And to me, like, we should experiment with that. Like, I think. Love yeah, that. Are, yeah, I think that's cool. And, and, and Durant, to be fair, the Champions League idea is horrendous until we can get competitive. Well. It's great yeah. in soccer. Sure. Oh, for, sure, for sure. In a real game. Yeah. 
and now you're gonna have to deal with the referees. That's a whole separate thing. Because I worry about all of that. <laughs> There's just no comparison to talent at all. No doubt, no doubt. And so, who wants to watch a bunch of thirty point wins, with the exception of the occasional upset because five guys are hurt, whatever? I, I don't love that. It, but down the road, like as we just keep building more and more great players, it's possible that we start getting more competitive. But I'm just as someone who watches a lot of European basketball too, not great. It, it's just. I mean, no, it's great to watch, but there's just no comparison to talent at all. No, but, yeah, right. but the FA Cup has surprises all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in single elimination, like, you Anything know. Anything can happen. I do think there's value in, like, the, you know, I went to this, like, presentation. You're talking about soccer, ago. FA Cup? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so when that's where, like, three goals and it's a gigantic scoring fest? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, when you match up in single elimination or the NCAA tournament, when you match up, like, crappy teams with good teams, it's not assured who's going to win like in single elimination like you yeah, any one game right i just don't yes. think there'll be a lot of competitive games there will be some yeah. for sure for different reasons yeah but it would be on the main stage if it happened right like mm-hmm. i do think there's like like um we had another question that was kind of about like under 23 leagues or whatever i love I think that the fact, i've been saying that yeah but that my what, the thing is like it's not sports fans don't like things that aren't the best thing right and so like they just don't get it we have a g league it is you could it serves the purpose of an under 23 league effectively, right? Like, but like nobody watches. It's a terrible business. It's an absolute money. Everything you do in sports that isn't like the best is a giant money loser. So to me, like, like you probably want to have, you know, if you're going to include European teams, you want to include them with a chance to knock off the LeBron's team or whatever, right? Like, and once in a while they will, and it'll be the most mm-hmm. exciting thing that ever happened for yeah, all Yeah, that's why I like it, which is why FIBA rules, I think, is the way you do it, right? Make yeah. that FIBA rules so they, that's, they're used to playing that, right? Like, it just gives you a little bit edge of an edge. I will say, uh, in-season tournament, um, Indiana clinched. Uh, the Lakers I also saw clinched. saw that coming? I know. <laughs> well, I believe we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Look, I think the the league would love it if the Lakers came out of the West as like the right because they know eyeballs LeBron a, a huge on TV, and I would love it if Indiana was their opponent on the other side of the bracket. Right, of course, Lakers would be favored, but single elimination, and we just saw Indiana put up 160 points last night. The way they race, yeah. I guess Atlanta. It, yes, who's clearly no, not the defensive team, still, but still, it's a lot of points. You know, listen, if LeBron's not feeling great that day or AD's not feeling great and Halliburton and Muddy Hield are racing up and down the floor. They beat him last year in L.A. Now right. it's a game winner at the buzzer. So, yeah. you know, and that would be fun. So, you know, I- I'm excited. I think the tournament worked out well or is working out well. All right, guys, we'll be back after a brief commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run? Take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend. Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, so at TrueHoop here, we spend a lot of time critiquing the NBA, and rightfully so. There's lots of bad things that go on. Somebody has to drive. Right, that's right. That's our, yeah. that's our job. We're going to talk about dark money, doping. It's all there. That's what we do. But, you know. I figured there are things we like. We do love the game and we love basketball. So I figured let's talk about some things that we actually like and we enjoy about the NBA. So who would like to start first with what they are enjoying about the NBA or what they're thankful for in the NBA? I got one. Yeah. So at the end of um, the Sixers game last night, uh, Tyrese Maxey attempted like an insanely mm-hmm. difficult shot, yes, right? Was. Like. Mm-hmm. I forget who was guarding him, but like some long defender and he like tried so hard to escape by moving like violently to his right and then launching this kind of leaner of a three and airballed it. But what I like was like, man, like 20 years ago, no one even takes that shot. And now you have to worry about it. Like, like it, it didn't happen to go in this time, but like the work, I mean, we are watching players who have put in, we just take it for granted. I mean, there's just like, there's, it used to be Steph could hit that shot, mm-hmm. but now it's like, I don't know. You tell me a couple dozen, maybe more guys who are like, hey, Mike, you have to watch. You're not going to just it used to be you would just see the release and be like, ah, it's a fucking trash shot. But now it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man, like like, and like because he has worked. They have worked like I, I respect the hell out of this. Like we are watching some of the hardest working people on the planet and uh, and they're working on this, they're working on like hitting shots like that. And you got to tip your hat to that. Like, you just I, do. I love it. I agree. No, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's Steph, it's Dame, and so many guys can do that now, right? Can pull up from from that level. Tyrese says he's going to pull up from there. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. What about you, David? I'm going to give two answers. That's okay. The first, as many as you want. Um, so yesterday, uh, I was studying the Magic defense. I told this to Henry earlier, and I'm watching. Is it Goga Bataze? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm watching the Magic get steals all over the place, like swarming, hands everywhere, feet everywhere. Anthony Black is deflecting things, and Suggs is diving on loose balls. And but but I'm I'm looking to see where is this coming from. And I, I wrote this a little bit on this article that we have coming out. It, it isn't just quick guys gambling. The 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 crutch of it is their organized defensive principles in the half court. In most cases, are taking away actions. And so now a team is on their third or fourth or fifth way to try to get a decent shot against these swarming monsters. And at the center of it is Goga Bataze, like just occupying the paint. The Pacers had him. The worst, third worst defenseman in the league didn't think he was good enough. And he is now anchoring with Wendell Carter Jr. being out the middle. And expertly, I didn't see how many block shots he had yesterday. You could look. I don't think it was zero. And he's not even an athlete. He's like a Marcus Saul kind of guy. And um, and yet is so effective after being trashed in Indiana. And then this morning at 536 in the morning uh, for this piece we're doing, Houston's part, one of the teams we're looking at as a riser, I'm studying uh, Alperin Shangun and his little one foot, 14 foot floater, which is as Jokic like as you're going to get this elite offensive player. Both are not from America. Both are from countries that only 12 years ago, had never had a player in the NBA, whatever it is. And, and I, as a, as, a, as a job, get to watch guys like this, you know, play. And then the second part is, I know the truth. What Henry just said about the work. 
That's part of what I have to do. And I was talking last night to an NBA player, a very good player. He's sitting on the, he shoots. His agent is sitting with me and there's a chair in between us. He's done with the shooting workout. If you're in Orlando, you'll know who I'm talking about. I don't need to go into his name. He sits next to the agent and I between us. And I, he, the agent wanted me to share a couple of thoughts with him about how to play better or whatever. And I'm telling you, he was staring into my eyes and my mouth even. It's loud. To make sure he heard every word that I said and was so locked in for this whatever little kernel of wisdom in the 5% chance or 10% chance I can help him. This is he's an amazing player. He wanted it. He wanted that edge, you know? And then as soon as the game was over, he sent me a couple of texts. I was driving home. Um, I'm lucky enough to be able to work with the world's best players who are desperate to be better. Desperate to be better. And most of them want to connect as a human to me, an old white dude, old Jewish white dude, right, uh, to their teammates, to their other coaches. They are overjoyed when they feel that connection from someone above them, management or coaching or veteran teammate if they're younger. I, I think I told you guys, I had a player tell me LeBron hugged me today. Like it meant, <laughs> this was a year ago. It meant something. They're, they're, I have 22-year-old twins. They're, they're all so alike. And, and it's attractive to have that kind of passion and that kind of purpose, you know? And they're as human as the rest of us. They're just way taller typically and more athletic. <laughs> and uh, I know, and Henry knows this because his kids are amazing. Um, th- there's this age group globally. There's so many like that. And the more we celebrate them, and wh- whether engineers or teachers or whatever, who are passionate about connecting to people, being better at their craft, building the lives up of people around them, helping mom and dad. Like a lot of these players are so motivated to, to give their parents help. Uh, the world would be much better off than where we are because we don't have, we don't celebrate these guys, these people enough. Uh, and we focus too much on the fucking terrible, terrible Donald Trumps of the world that are trying to ruin it for all of us. So anyway, that's what I love about the NBA. I love it, David. So emotional on a, on a Thanksgiving I was emotional. Eve. I was emotional last <laughs> night about it, yeah. <laughs> um, God, you know, there, there's so much about this league that I, that I appreciate and I'm thankful for. And, you know, we, it, the talent is just unbelievable right now. Everywhere, on every team, there are so many yeah. good players right. at all different stages. And I shout these guys out all the time, but I'm going to continue to because they're going to be done playing soon. And they're going to be great ones could come after them for sure. But these three in particular, like they still have such passion for the game and they want to work still, as David mentioned, to get better. You see it. And of course, I'm talking about LeBron, Steph and KD still That's what I thought you were talking about still at, at their 30 Killing LeBron, it. LeBron, almost 40, right? Yeah. Still at their advanced ages with these young pups, forget nipping at their heels, biting at their knees. They're still like, we're still here, guys. <laughs> you, you still got to battle us. We we still care about this game. Um, it's just watching LeBron care about a game against Portland. It's like, oh, you know, you could just probably, no, in-season tournament. And he literally, you know, LeBron says stuff that you're like, oh, you're telling the truth that you're doing whatever. But listen, we take it for what it is. He's like, there are guys on my team who want to win that $500,000. We got to win that $500,000. So I'm going to play these minutes so we get out there. Because he knows if he don't play 48 minutes, they probably ain't going to win. So I've heard a few veterans say that, by the way. Yeah, they're yeah. excited about it. I told you about Phoenix last night and and, and, and their whole deal. Uh, we talked about that double overtime game, Henry, where Phoenix played against Utah. And, you know, KD, that dude wakes up just loving the hoop. 
They're like, KD, you played 48, ought to play 68 minutes tonight. I'm like, is that what he said? Yes, because that's, these people just are obsessed with this game. And I love that about them, that they love it. And Steph, I mean, ultimate teammate, like just, they love it so, so much. I don't know if I love anything as much as they love basketball, right? Like they just, it's everything to them. And that, that is so inspiring to me to watch. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, By the way, just to finish the thought on that. Yeah. You said biting and not at their knees yeah, yeah. or seven foot four looking down at their ball spot. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. Wendy, Wendy's, looking, Wendy's way taller than all those dudes. He sees their ball spot. You know? Did like you guys that? see the little clip of LeBron learning that he's there's a coach younger than him? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's older than uh, Will Hardy Will than Hardy. the jazz coach. Is that right? It was had a very genuine, like, holy crap, kind of, like, reaction. He's been around, man. (laughs) He is an old man. He's been in this league. And what he's doing at this stage, you're just like, all right. Uh, uh, Unfathomable. It's it's ridiculous. You know, so, again, kudos to those three. um, I love it. They're they're among the greats. And I've said it before, but, you know, I got to compliment the NBA when they try something and it seems to be working. Kudos to Adam finally getting the in-season tournament, moving and working. It, it matters. The players care about it. You can see they clearly care by how they're playing, by what the coaches are doing with minutes and rotations. It's awesome. And the fans are getting juiced about these games, too. And we haven't even gotten to the knockout stage yet. It's all that happens. Can we make one unanimous recommendation? What? You don't like the courts? Orlando's court was gray, and it worked. It didn't hurt my eyes. Okay. I, I, I'm not. The Philly one is rough. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Which, 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 one, which one's rough, Henry? Which one don't you Philly. like? Philly. All the yeah, red ones. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah. All the red. Just go with the lighter color, and then you or, can have something bold in the middle. Or go, what's Toronto's, right? They go gray on the outside, dark in the middle, like black? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Go whatever you want in the middle, but the, when the big pick thing on TV, it hurts in person. Orlando's court looked great, I thought. Yeah. And, and you're right, Gerard. I didn't think about this until you said it. It wasn't. It was a pretty good crowd. It was packed, but I do think the they made they made a big deal with the in season tournament. The whole game pre-season, I saw ba- ba- uh, uh, what do you call it going in um, on the side of the billboards. Oh yeah, and yeah. banners. Yeah, like they, it was a it was something. It was something different. It wasn't just a Tuesday night in November before Thanksgiving. It was a play in tournament game. I mean, uh, uh, in season tournament game. I liked it. They're selling the hell out of it. And Tyrese Halliburton had some great comments. He's like, look, I've never played in the playoffs in my career. Yeah. I got a chance to win something now? Yeah, of course I care about this. Yeah. yeah and let's be real. Indiana's playing well now, but no guarantee they're making the playoffs this year. So, yeah. you know, if they can go with this in-season tournament, yeah. I love to see it. It's good. Kudos, NBA. All right, guys. We're going to finish up with top five. Uh, so, Henry, this is usually how we do because you're usually not here. We start with number five, and we go, each go with our five, and then we go four, three, two, one. So we will start with you. Who is number five on your team, top five teams in the NBA? You're asking me. Yes, you. Yeah, I, well, I really think that it's like the four and five ones don't even matter right now. So I kind of, just for fun, I put the Thunder at number five. I love that. Yeah. We, we talked about that Such on Monday. a Thunder homer. I don't know, I don't know how that is. <laughs> They're just fun to watch. They're, They're just fun, fun to watch. I yeah. watched them today a lot. Yeah. Uh, I probably have who Gerard has. I have Cleveland at five. No. Really? Yeah. You guess, guess what I put in five? Uh, the Bucks. I, I had to bump them up. They're starting to play well again. Yeah, I had to put them at five. You're not stupid. Put, I had to put them there. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're right. playing much better, actually. They are. Yeah. yeah. Four, Henry. Who you got at four? Maybe we all have Minnesota. I have yeah. Minnesota at four. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number three, Henry? Number three. I, I'd sort of. Oh, yeah. Number three is Denver for me, for sure. Okay. David? Philly? Nuggets Philly. for me. Okay. 
Number two. Uh, two for you, Henry? Philly. We're sw- yeah, switch. Uh, I have yep, same. I have 76 We're all in Boston. We're all on Boston. This is not fair right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee at, at five was, to me, it was one or the other with them or Cleveland. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the Thunder, I, yeah, hard yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> the, Thunder, the Thunder are fine. Yeah, I'm not trashing <laughs> them. So we talked about this, David. And by the way, Cleveland won that game last night against Philly. Uh, so they're still alive in their bracket um, of the plan of the in season tournament. Excuse me. Um, Cleveland's net rating still yeah. extremely Amazing. high, despite their record being poor, which to you probably means record, good, good sign. What, what is their record? They I might be two, like games, two games, yeah, two games above five hundred. So they're yeah. not like ten yeah. and right, four. Right, but, right, you know. right, right, right. It, not, not right now, there's one juggernaut. So until they can figure out how to beat Boston consistently, we, we have we have one super team right now. You ever think like? I mean, I know it's done like this, and coaches don't think like that. But you're like, man, Boston. You're peaking too early. You don't want to be playing this good now. We got a whole five months to go. Like, you know what I mean? That's right. Who says they're peaking, right? They just need to play ball, play ball. Maybe they yeah. can play way better, right? Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. the second unit. Yeah. Those oh, guys, yeah. You know, Hauser and those guys are not used to playing a bunch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just wait. They, you know, Brad might have something else up his sleeve. They actually, so Cleveland did like Cleveland had the game without Donovan Mitchell and Darius mm-hmm. Garland. They had like, I think they had a bazillion assists roughly, right? Like, to me, like that's such a cool that's a cool way to mess with your regular season and learn about your team, right? Is like, okay, how do we play without Donovan? Like, yeah, what do we do. Like, I feel like that's like a, you know, I could definitely. And Donovan is his body's benefiting from the break too, right? Right. Like, um, uh, we should also uh, to Henry's point about Boston. Um, Jalen Brown is not playing great. No. Yeah. And so when you talk about elasticity of that team, well, there's an All NBA player that can get much much better, like Tatum did two seasons ago. There's an Olympic player who can get traded. Yeah. Well, I don't think they'll do that this year. I don't think so. But no. Someone's going to, I mean, that's the way the, the contracts are. They're not going to be all together for long. Right? I spoke I spoke to someone, uh, not with Boston, but that is connected very highly to them and said that um, after this year, what you just said is not at all yeah. a surprise. Like they'll, yeah. If they don't win the championship this year, yeah. But they're, they're not going to take any chances this year. This is what they claim. If you're not going to get with an offer. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, right. It makes perfect sense. But uh, so does what you said. Like, you never really know. Yeah. Um, I think it's more likely he'll find his game at some point. It's early. It's, you know, like I said, we're, we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. Um, and they get much better. He starts really stroking it. They get much better. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're a nightmare. And, they're, and their guards are a joke. Oh, my God. Defensively. Defensively like Derek White, you holiday. Jeez. I love – Derek White's one of my favorite. He's unbelievable. Players. So fun. I love him. Like, I – that's what you want. Like, to me, like as a fan, I'm like, what do I want for my team? It's like, I want yeah, Derek right. all over the place. <laughs> I completely they, agree. <laughs> what, what, what gives Boston such an edge, and David mentioned this, I think last, on last week's show, when they're playing those teams with those super predator scorers and wings, they don't have to double anybody. They can single cover everybody, yeah. which gives you yeah. such yeah. an advantage. The, the, what you're saying is they're the bizarro Pacers. <laughs> because the Pacers also don't like to double you. So they, they, try to guard, they try to guard their yard with their own guy, and they give 152 to Atlanta. And 151, I want to say, 155 maybe to Boston earlier this year. Yeah. You know, it's if Tyrese – and it's early in the EPM standings, and Halliburton, of course, is crushing yeah, he's offensive great. EPM. He's a great player. If he's just net neutral on defense, yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's like top, he's top of the table in yeah. EPM. If he's just yeah, it's net hard neutral. to do that when no one else on the team can guard either uh, right now. Yeah, Correct. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Those who celebrate, uh, we will see you all next week. Take care.